Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. This is episode 494 for October 23rd, 2019. On today's show, cellist Francesco Weri. This show is supported by its members without whom the Jazz Session would not be possible. I'm trying very hard to make this show and my other podcast, A Brief Chat, into my living, and you can help me do that by joining today at thejazzsession.com slash join. There are now two membership levels, 5 and $10 per month. Both come with cool bonus material. This month, for example, $10 members will get to hear Champion Fulton talk about one of her favorite classic recordings. Visit thejazzsession.com slash join and do the thing. Cellist Francesco Weri's new solo album is called Sumimi Non Si Spara. It begins with a piece called Lucy. I'm excited to have cellist Francesco Hueri here with me today on the Jazz Session. Francesco, thank you so much for being here. It's great to have you. Hey, hello, everybody. We are here to talk about your new solo cello album, which is called Sumimi Non Si Spara, which means don't shoot Mimi for reasons that will become clear in, in a few minutes. Um, <laughs> but uh, I wanted to start by talking about the idea of improvisation. This album, unlike your previous albums, is through composed, but I know that it started in improvisation. Will you talk about the process you're using these days and why? I studied a lot of classical music in the past. Uh, at a certain point, I decided to improvise. I met uh, Tristan Olsinger and a lot of other improvisers. And after many years of this kind of way of playing my cello, the impro- of improvising, I, I needed to come back to a classical idea of my music. And I found out that in improvisation, in my way of improvising, were hidden a lot of uh, cliché and uh, I didn't like that. And uh, so I tried to avoid them with uh, com- composing. So my my way is uh, improvise a lot and record my improvisations and then uh, edit the thing. And uh, sometimes I compose the song uh, on uh, a software, maybe on Logic or uh, Pro Tools or these kind of things. And after that, I write it down. I need to write them on the paper because uh, it's uh, uh, the best way for me uh, in a second part of the process to understand what I I was doing. And uh, after that, I 
try to repeat the, the performance. And that is the most difficult part of the thing because when you improvise, uh, you don't think, and when you read a score, you think too much. So it's, it's a completely different way of, and sometimes you cannot repeat what you improvise because uh, it's impossible. My aim was to go close to that uh, thing, to improvisation, to what happened during the improvisations and to find a way to interpret myself in a way. When I play live, I always try to be free in, uh, in what I'm doing, and, but everything is written. So it's a sort of uh, interpretation of a score, a free interpretation of a score, but the score exists. Yeah, the, the other thing, uh, very important thing for me, this is uh, the, uh, is a studying. So I, I love to study. I spend a lot of time studying, and when I study, I always try to find uh, different ways or different approach to the instrument. And uh, when I found something uh, interesting. I start to go deep and deep and then something happens and after a while I start to record and then what I said before. <laughs> that study influences the way you play even when what you're studying doesn't seem especially related to what you're playing for example i know that your beginning on this album uses the yeah. same tuning as Bach's fifth cello suite and yeah. that you you love to study Bach even though you know maybe if we listen to this album we don't hear the direct relationship Anything. but it's in the back no, it's no. in the background there it's in the background of every cellist in the world. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know any cellist, uh, maybe Tom Cora. For, probably Tom Cora was different from everybody else. But every cellist starts uh, with a classical uh, training. And this is uh, at the, usually cellists start to play when they are young. It's difficult that you start to play cello when you are uh, 20 years old. You, Usually you start when you are 10 years old, and so do, so do I. I mean, I start when I was nine. This is at the beginning of your career of a musician, and it's, it's, it's the real beginning, and uh, it's truly important what you learn at the beginning for the future of your music. And I am linked with uh, 
this uh, classical, all this classical uh, music. And there's a lot of beautiful stuff that I, I, continue, I continue to play. Uh, the cello has a, a huge repertoire, so there's plenty of beautiful uh, things. But uh, I'm not a classical musician anymore. I cannot play classical music for an audience. I, I know that uh, I'm not good uh, at it because uh, I can't stand to <laughs> to study things and to play them again and again in the same way. So if I play back, uh, I can play it for like uh, 20 minutes, then I'd need to change uh, because I, I, I is not my way of feeling the music and um, when I studied music at the conservatory of music here in Italy it, I always made a lot of mistakes and uh, these mistakes uh, were the the reason why at a certain point I decided to to change my approach and use these mistakes to find a different way <laughs> mentioned that one of the reasons you decided to play composed pieces this time was because of some cliches you had found in your improvising. Yeah. I'm interested when you when you recorded yourself and then wrote down what you had played, did you discover things about your playing that you hadn't known before? Yeah, yeah. But usually I don't find them right after what I do is uh, I have a lot of folders on my computer with uh, thousands of little extracts of me playing something. I have a, a library of these kind of things and uh, usually I cannot find uh, a significance of, for, for them at the beginning. What happened is that maybe could uh, pass like one year two years and uh, then after some time I listen again uh, something that I recorded one or two years uh, before and I find something I, I need a lot of time to understand what I what I <laughs> did sometimes yeah, this, is, this is a thing that happened usually I, I I record something and then it passed one or two years and then I find uh, interesting things after a lot of time did the process of making this latest album change your improvisation? I know you, you know, you were trying to address some issues yeah. in your improvising. Did that happen? Yeah, that happened. I find out that, uh, for instance, uh, I'm more strong when I play live. 
I feel that uh, I can reach more directly the audience and I have a better feeling uh, and uh, when I'm playing and these allow me to be more and more free and uh, when I'm, I'm when I'm playing it's uh, as if I had uh, a sort of uh, guideline and I can start from there and I, I feel uh, very comfortable on stage so I, I, I can do what I want in a way, play the score I have uh, or uh, change everything. I wanted to ask about paper, uh, which is one of the compositions. Is the, uh, w the at the beginning, it is a lot of texture that comes from paper in the strings and some metal clips and things. It, yeah, that is the beginning part of that piece. Is that like a visual score? It's hard for me to imagine it written down. So I'm curious about what it what you were playing. say I'm writing uh, is um, is not a way of uh, a traditional way of writing sometimes it tra is a traditional way of writing for instance the the first the second the third the fourth uh, songs are written uh, in a classical way notes on uh, paper in other words yeah, not on in paper. Paper, I never wrote down paper. I um, think it's written because I have uh, everything uh, settled. I know what I'm doing at the beginning. I know that I have to play that rhythm. This is the thing. I can teach and I'm doing it <laughs> right now. I mean, I, I, I'm, I have a project with a drummer and we are trying to play, for instance, paper and, and we are playing it uh, uh, as it is. So I'm teaching him everything. There is a particular rhythm at the beginning of the right hand and then the left hand comes uh, out uh, and uh, it makes a melody and then it changes from 9 to 11 and then from 11 to 3 and uh, these kind of things. I mean, this song is written in this way. Uh, I mean, I can teach it to somebody and we can play it uh, uh, right uh, as it is, as, as it is um, recorded. 
so far, people have only heard me say the title of the album. So first of all, will you say the title of the album correctly? <laughs> okay. So Mimi no Sispara. Thank you. And then, uh, will you tell us about the meaning oh, oh, of the Oh, wait, title? okay, okay. No, no, wait. Because the right title of the album is Sumi Minosi Spara! That's right. the right way to pronounce it. <laughs> because it was yelled when you heard it, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Tell people it the story. It was yelled. The point at the end, uh, how you call it? Uh, the Exclamation uh, point. Yeah, yes, is uh, it's very important. <laughs> yeah, so, it was yelled by my wife uh, to my son that was shooting the other of uh, the youngest. Uh, he was shooting with a, a water gun and uh, she was yelling that uh, that thing. <laughs> so <laughs> this is the reason why. In the notes that I got for this album, there was a a, a very interesting point about the the intersection of play and violence that we a lot of us do when we're young so you know for example a water gun is a a not harmful copy of a gun which is a extremely harmful and violent thing and so kids put together these ideas of violence and fun and violence and play in an interesting way is that part of what interested you about that moment that phrase yeah yeah i understood that the child is in a way good and bad at the same time this uh, thing uh, to be good and bad at the same time i i think it's very human Uh, and i think this thing it's important for my music because i don't want to play nice music uh, music that is always uh, happy or music that uh, makes you uh, dance or I want to play music that uh, has some truth in it or some life in it and uh, and so my music is at the same time I want it to be at the same time good and bad and this is uh, why I, I use uh, sometimes uh, have, uh, contradictions very strong contradiction. We, uh, so melodies, uh, I would say mellow melodies, but it's not uh, right. <laughs> like like, um, like, very, like mm, sad or melancholy? Or? Melancholy, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and uh, right after, maybe sounds like uh, scratches or uh, bad sounds. I mean, uh, not uh, pure or contaminated sounds. Uh, I love this. Is a clash of things, or um, the melodies at a certain point uh, is destroyed by something else that happened, and uh, I, I I like this kind of uh, contradiction. And my my album, one thing everybody can understand from my album is that uh, it's uh, every every track is uh, it's uh, very different from the other. There is a lot of different stuff in it. Uh, Probably this is the reason why Rare Noise decide to publish <laughs> publish it because <laughs> because and I and this is the reason why uh, nobody in the jazz uh, world uh, probably liked it. I mean because there's too much different stuff in it uh, and, and uh, you cannot say that it's it is jazz or I, I, or something else. And it's not contemporary music. It's not jazz. Uh, it's not uh, anything else. <laughs> I mean it's uh, a lot of things that are close to me but uh, very different between them hey i'm in the jazz world and i like it yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) thank you
Let's take a break from the music to talk about membership. What is happiness? For me, happiness means the freedom to be creative and the ability to live my life on my own terms. The jazz session is not only an expression of happiness, but it is a means of creating it. What I mean by that is that every new member of the jazz session puts me one step closer to a life in which I don't have a boss, in which I work for myself and the people who enjoy my work take part in the process by helping to fund it. Add to that the enormous archive of nearly 500 interviews and the continued work of documenting modern improvised music, and the whole package makes me happy. Join the movement today by becoming a member for 5 or $10 at thejazzsession.com join. You'll get bonus episodes, early access to every show, and more. Do it right now, thejazzsession.com join. And now, back to the episode. One of the times that I listened to this album, my uh, my partner was in the room with me, and uh, I know we already talked about Paper, but I just wanted to not forget to tell you this, yeah. that when, when Paper was playing, my partner said, this sounds like, and I looked up this word in Italian, the word in Italian is paguro, like hermit crabs, like, little crabs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, they said, this sounds like hermit crabs having the best party ever in a cardboard box <laughs> and because they didn't know what the sounds were being made by or or anything and i just thought that was kind of a beautiful moment so i'm i'm passing yeah, it yeah. on to you yeah thank you thank <laughs> you're you. welcome <laughs> um how how old are your children one year and a half the youngest and the three years and a half the older and has your music or your approach to music making or the time you can devote to music, has that changed since you've become a father? Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but uh, I, all my life was uh, doing a lot of things at the same time. I mean, I, uh, I, I was studying uh, and uh, music at the conservatory and uh, the university at the same time and uh, working in some, and now I, I, I'm working. I always worked in my life, and uh, um, as a part-time job. So I know that uh, when you don't have much time, your time is gold, and uh, you make gold from time the, few, the small time you have for working. So yes, the the, the time I have less time to practice, but I can be more intense while I'm doing it now than before. So um, what I miss 
maybe is to go to concerts that uh, now I I miss it uh, uh, the most I mean because yeah. uh, it's not always possible and so this is the worst part I think <laughs> and what do your sons think of your music I don't know. Uh, when I play with them, uh, uh, I don't play the cello because they would destroy it <laughs> in, <laughs> in uh, like five minutes. So I usually play other instruments and uh, it's really funny to play with them. And uh, I think they are enjoying it a lot. I'm playing uh, with them as uh, with different instruments, not not with the cello, but uh, uh, with um, drums and uh, little pianos or whatever I have. But I'm playing the same way. So uh, we are improvising, all of us, and uh, it's really funny. It, now, improvisation for me is that thing. I think improvising with my children is uh, the best I can do with improvisation. have always believed and i've said on this show many times over the years that children know how to improvise in the beginning because it's all they know how to yeah. do and then yeah. over time if we are trained to play music then we're most of the time trained to stop improvising and then later in life we have to relearn how to improvise yeah. again yeah, what happened to me was uh, that I understood after like uh, uh, 10 years of uh, classical music, at a certain point I was like 18 uh, years old, and uh, at a certain point I find out that uh, playing music was also funny and, uh, I, and, uh, and beautiful. For 10 years, it was like uh, studying and a lot of um, stress uh, from um, the fear of making mistakes and that kind of things. Um, no, you know, there are a lot of uh, young uh, children that play uh, classical music that have, uh, at a certain point during, uh, for instance, uh, um, a, a concert uh, at, the, at the school, they stop play because they make a mistake. Uh, that thing is usual when you study classical music. I had to learn again to enjoy music. Yes, I, I was lucky because something happened one night and uh, I improvised and I found out that improvising was uh, f super 
cool and super funny and uh, my emotions came out and uh, I and, and I I I after that night during that night I couldn't not sleep it was uh, one of that night you you in where you are so uh, uh, so emotionated that you cannot sleep uh, uh, that happened once and uh, then I decided that it had to happen again and again and again. But it was diff- difficult at the beginning because uh, I, I didn't have any knowledge in jazz or any culture. I met Tristan uh, just for chance, Tristan Onsinger, sorry, Tristan Onsinger uh, for a chance, like for chance because he was... Uh, T- uh, making, uh, uh, having a, 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 a seminar in um, a workshop in uh, Bologna, where uh, close to me, uh, and uh, I decided to participate. But it was like two years that I was not playing at that time. I, I st- after the conservatory, I stopped playing music for two years because of uh, the thing I said before. Too much stress uh, from music and uh, no, nothing else. So that, uh, that meeting with Trisa Nossinger was, my, was truly lucky for me and uh, I started again to play music. How did the people you had known from all those years of classical cello playing, how did they react when you started to play improvised music? They generally don't understand <laughs> what I'm doing. And uh, for instance, uh, the, this is funny. I, I, at a certain time, I had to change my bow. And there's uh, this uh, super cool uh, uh, bow maker in uh, Cesena. So I went to him and I asked him to make a, a bow for me. But uh, he, he know me as a musician. He saw me playing and uh, he, he told me, no, I'm, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> At the bow, it's uh, it's it's expensive. I mean, I was uh, prepared to pay the bow a lot, so uh, I didn't understand why. Well, I'm paying you, just do it. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Uh, why not? And uh, he, he start to say, no, it's uh, you you don't need it because because they don't understand uh, a lot of stuff that happen when you play. There is uh, a lot of stuff inside. Uh, the noise no, you yeah. make when you play or this kind of thing. It took me like three or four months to convince him to make it. And then he made it. <laughs> and now it's very, uh, it's happy. 
uh, and it's happy that he did it because after that we became more friends and now we uh, go out for beers and uh, we drink and <laughs> and he always come to see me when I'm playing and invites me in the atelier to 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 make music to play his uh, his bows uh, in front of other people just to show them that the bow you can use the bow in many different ways so no. that's how we change the world one person at yeah. a time yeah at the time yes <laughs> when you began improvising how did you find other people to play with and places to play because it was a whole new world for you yeah, this uh, this workshop with the Sanansinger uh, was uh, very important because I I met there a lot of uh, musicians. Tristan was the only uh, cellist in the area, <laughs> and it, it was not he, he was in Bologna just for a few months per year. Uh, so when people uh, know that there was a cellist that was improvising every improviser in Bologna wanted to <laughs> play with me <laughs> this is uh, the story yeah then I met uh, many people just uh, yeah in the way you meet people <laughs> I just want to mention some names of people that you've played with that listeners of this show will recognize who include uh, Chess Smith who's been on this show and William Parker who's also been on the show uh, Butch Morris as well um, and then uh, Tristan Honsinger who you uh, met and that was very important to you you two have also yeah. uh, toured together right? And collaborated? No, no, or no, collaborated no. Together? we collaborate many times because Tristan was uh, living uh, in uh, Bologna for many years, uh, for a part of the year during, usually from spring to fall. Uh, uh, so uh, in, in this uh, uh, period of time, uh, it, it was in Bologna for like 10 years, or like now is not more, he, he, he is not more in Bologna, but he, he was in Bologna for a long time. So in in that uh, time, we, we made a lot of shows uh, in Bologna, or I mean, we, we played a lot together uh, in uh, many situations. You, uh, Tristan is uh, like a, a bomb <laughs> <laughs> wherever he goes, so everything happens uh, when, he, when, uh, when he was in town. artwork for this album is 
really wonderful. And I noticed that it was made by Federico Weri, who I'm guessing, is that a coincidence or is that a relative? No, 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 no. He's my, <laughs> he's my brother. He's my brother and he did uh, all my cover covers of my past uh, two albums. I have a strong relation with him uh, for the art part of our lives. Uh, my father also is an artist, so yeah, my brother and my father has their studio where I'm living now, so we share this uh, thing. It's truly important for me that my brother is uh, making uh, the art uh, of the of the album is because I uh, I think uh, I find in his work uh, a lot of things that uh, are very deep in uh, in in my music. Maybe the uh, listener don't understand exactly what is the link the link between my music and the cover uh, album. But for me, it's important, and I think uh, something um, comes out from from that. Let me ask you about the final piece on your new record, which is called My Hand. I know it has a story behind it. Will you tell me what that story is? Yeah, this this uh, song was written uh, for an um, album with Carla Bodulic, uh, an album that uh, never happened, <laughs> or uh, at now it, it didn't happen. So I decided to use uh, the recording session I had to make a, a piece for this album. Uh, yes, it's an, an old song. I recorded it uh, many years ago, uh, like four years ago and the song is even older um, this song uh, has a lot of electronics and um, and and guitar pedals uh, and uh, this kind of stuff my guest for this show uh, has been cellist Francesco Hueri. His new solo recording is Sumimi Non Si Spara, which is supposed to be shouted, but <laughs> that's as, as good as I can do. Uh, Francesco, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for taking the time to do it and come back anytime. Okay, thank you. Thank you, everybody. If you like what you just heard, become a member for $5 or $10 a month at thejazzsession.com slash join. Thanks to this week's guest, Francesco Weri. Thanks also to the Respect Sextet for the theme music, Dave Rabel for the logo. You can follow the Jazz Session on social media at jazzsesh on Twitter, J-A-Z-Z-S-E-S-H, and at the Jazz Session on Instagram. At both those locations, I post a clip from the 12 years of Jazz Session archives each weekday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Please do take just a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to the newsletter by going to thejazzsession.com and clicking on Newsletter. Next week, if all goes according to plan, Taylor Hobynum returns to the show. In the meantime, support live music whenever and wherever you can. And then come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session.
listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.